0: Welcome to the Fear Theory Podcast, brought to you by EFB Advocacy. EFB means excellent for business. Joined by my two colleagues, Adam Belmar and John Easton. Today's big issue, state of disunion. So you have Nancy Pelosi disinviting the president to give the state of the union in two weeks uh, because of security concerns, apparently. The president turns around, disinvites the Speaker of the House from taking military aircraft to Brussels and Afghanistan as a way of getting you. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Not necessarily good for the American people, I would submit. That being said, uh, Adam Belmer, whose bird is getting cooked the most? Which one is winning? Which side is winning in this this fight between the two sides?
1: Well... Clearly, not a great deal of union at the moment, and a lot of dissing going on. <laughs> um, I, I actually believe that the Democrats, writ large, are winning, and that the Speaker has at least won this round. Uh, it's very evocative of that uh, um, video game Mortal Kombat. Round one, fight. He's just like, fight! Fight! And she just you know, sort of gave him one of these great combinations by putting the kibosh on the State of the Union. And he just thought, well, well what else can I do to really mess with her? Round two. And he got her good with taking the middle airplane away. Um, it's, it's, it's a food fight. It's a messy, ugly battle. But they're really playing. It's somewhat in the late rounds. I like the Democrats coming out of this round going into the next round.
0: Yeah. And, John do you think the Democrats are winning? Do you agree with Adam? Do you think uh, everyone's losing?
2: I definitely think everybody is losing on this front. But I think that, uh, you know, on this one I was surprised how President Trump handled the diss. Remember how quiet he was for almost twenty four hours, and you know what he was doing. They he were was, cooking this. They thing. were cooking this this thing. What What does she need that I can deny her? He decided I'm I'm just going to get her on the tarmac.
0: So there are three things that the Democrats have been doing. First of all, they Nancy Pelosi was in Hawaii and they for a vacation, a very nice palatial vacation in the middle of the shutdown. that Donald Trump was was working. He had this uh, trip to Puerto Rico where uh, many uh, people were. Looking good in their bathing suits and caught on camera, and now you have this CODEL uh, which is I, I've taken several CODELs. I never would have imagined a CODEL going during the government shutdown. Of course, this is the longest shutdown in history, and, and you got to do something. But let's be um, honest:
1: this 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 CODEL was not scheduled for the shutdown; it was scheduled for. A it doesn't reason. matter when
0: they're. It doesn't matter when they're scheduled. What matters is the government shutdown, and you're going to Afghanistan and not paying the people who are gonna, who are diplomatic protection. That's you know you, you can go to the airbase, but you know when you're traveling on on. A Codel and your members of Congress it's diplomatic protection that protects you, and you, they're not—they're not getting paid. So this is, uh, and they, they, apparently the State Department folks on the ground were not happy at all about this this Pelosi trip.
2: Yes, these Codels are planned uh, sometimes two months in advance. Uh, I mean, the kind of advance work that is required for these Codels—we've all been on. Uh, these types of trips and it's 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 amazing how much work goes into it so th- this is something that has been long planned but it doesn't matter to your point if there's a shutdown and i'm not even thinking it i you know i should be thinking about the people on the on the uh, ground abroad but when you have all these folks that are furloughed here eight hundred thousand is that, is that what we're talking about i don't know how many government federal government workers you can't to start traipsing around abroad.
1: I think either Nancy or Donald are watching the Fury Theory because last week you asked us, when will this shutdown be done? I said, I hope it's going to be done by the State of the Union. And they realized, well, that can't happen. They were watching the show, so they started <laughs> kicking it out. But what they realize now, and this is really, I think, important in the optics of all of this in the theater, the next date out there is clearly... Michael Cohen's testimony, which is currently Scheduled for the 7th of February If this is a distracting Obfuscating um, Bobble that the President can wield to his advantage To keep us thinking about whatever And not looking at the other thing Keeping this, this, this furlough This partial government shutdown going Past the 7th, or at least Until Michael Cohen comes and goes Might be another inflection point For how long this could go on
0: So, John Easton, thinking about the political parties themselves and the strength of the political parties and how this kind of long, (coughs) drawn-out shutdown, it's an an effort by both political parties to gain some sort of political advantage going into the next election. To to Adam's point, you know, Donald Trump— has some very big liabilities, the liabilities being Michael Cohen, the Mueller investigation, um, and the Republicans who are associating themselves with the president are, you know, really kind of betting that none of that matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the other hand, you have Democrats like uh, AOC um, and others who are kind of winging out, uh, saying all kinds of crazy stuff, Thinking about the the strength of the two political parties in in this battle, which one do you think is the stronger party?
2: Oh, I think that uh, it's the Democrats right now. Um, I think that they are they are more unified. I think Republicans um, are in this very every day. It's this unpredictable mode. Every political well, the political parties they love a devil. They love a political devil uh, that they can rally against. And if they play their cards right, the Democrats have a perfect devil in, in Donald Trump in terms of of unifying them, galvanizing them and their supporters, and even independents, bleeding over into independents. I mean, your goal as a political party should be to expand your party. And with Donald Trump at the helm, um, yes, does he have a passionate core? Yeah, he does. And um, it was part of the reason why he was elected, but he also got non-Republican folks that were tired of this system, tired of the dysfunction, tired of the, the, the typical politician. OK, so you go, you go into this uh, cycle, and I just feel like um, the Democrats, if they don't overreach, they're in a, in a better spot. I mean, look back at Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich. Bill Clinton was in the, in the ash heap. And he was able to resurrect himself for a lot of reasons, obviously. But one of the reasons was Newt Gingrich overplayed, was out there too much, made it about himself all the time, and ended up um, playing some pretty bad strategy. And it, it ended up just resurrecting the president. So it sort of flipped. Obviously, you're talking about a president versus a Speaker of the House. Well, right now, Nancy Pelosi looks pretty darn strong and, and pretty savvy, and Donald Trump right now is not expanding his party.
0: So um, I'm not sure if I agree with that, uh, but I want to hear a little bit more what you say, Adam. Um, I think that Pelosi is got a tough spot because her coalition is really, really all over the place. She barely has control over this caucus that is pretty fractious. Um, Pelosi is going to become... Um, she's not going to be Newt Gingrich, but she's made some mistakes and gotten away with them, I think, because of the media let, let her off the hook. Um, but what are your thoughts?
1: You don't have to play perfect uh, to, to win. And I think, you know, as with most uh, things that we end up boiling down to the sporting event nature of our culture, who's winning, who's losing, she's not perfect, but she's still doing well enough to feel, to me, optically. Right? I'm not talking about the propriety of the wall versus no wall, border security. We're not talking true substance here. We're talking about politics and optics. Um, she's outperforming uh, her chief competitor. And um, there are a lot of other sort of weird unforced errors that come into the the, the the sort of fruit salad mix that we're thinking about. And one of them that comes to mind is the uh, assertion by the president's personal attorney, uh, Rudolf Giuliani, that uh, he was backing away from the no collusion this week and in an interview and then had to go do some cleanup. The president has a lot of, sp- of plates spinning right now. He's great at doing that. Anybody who thinks he's not has completely underestimated this man. Um, but on this optic of the shutdown and the overarching political winners and losers, she might not be perfect, but she's playing a pretty darn good game right now.
0: All right, so let's go uh, from the what's happening right now to what's going to happen. In the future, we have had um, a lot of different Democrats, uh, John Easton, uh, run, throw their hat in the ring, mm. running for president. Oh, yeah. um, you know, we have the Mueller investigation, and we're not sure which way that's going to go. I'm going to ask you to predict, of all the Democrats that throw their hat in the ring, and some who are expected. Who do you think has the best shot of winning the New Hampshire primary uh, on the, both the Republican and Democratic side?
2: Right. If you look at New Hampshire, one thing that's pretty consistent, very consistent over the years is the incumbent president wins. I mean, I, I can't even in, – in modern history, I, I can't think of a time when the incumbent president did not win the primary in New Hampshire. Okay, so Donald Trump, okay, on the Republican side. On the Democratic side, so for challengers, uh, New Hampshire loves an underdog, and but I'm not necessarily – Willing to go uh, for a, a real underdog like a Castro or a Delaney, one of these one of these people that people don't really know about. I would actually think about a a Biden or Elizabeth Warren, in in part because that Massachusetts it's not necessarily going to win you the general. I mean, Romney didn't win the general; he did win the primary. In New Hampshire, he did not win the general. I'm
1: really glad that you're focused on this for the listeners because the question that was asked was just purely New Hampshire in a box. Yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah. You're saying this is just, I'm answering New Hampshire here, not the whole thing.
2: Yeah, and I think it's important to, to know that because, um, but so Elizabeth Warren is, is a senator from New Hampshire, uh, from Massachusetts, which is neighbors, yeah. New Hampshire. I think that'll give her a little bit of, of bonus in that round. So I would go Biden with a slight edge. If he runs, of course, and uh, Warren, um, close second.
0: And Bill Barr, who do you think is going to win the New Hampshire primaries?
1: Okay, so I've, I've, I'm always very influenced by what John Easton has to say in his insight into this. A former chief of staff to a senator from um, New Hampshire. Uh, i spent a lot of time in Massachusetts. I agree that the, the president, the incumbent, will probably run unchallenged uh, in, the, in the Republican side, so let's give that to Donald Trump. I'm really interested by what you say, and I want to think about it more and unpack it. But without having done that, I'm going to go contrarian and say that I think New Hampshire right now, if I had to pick it on the Dem side, is uh, the senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders, who's likely to run again, or Beto O'Rourke.
2: And, by the way, uh, Bernie Sanders crushed Hillary Clinton in the last primary, in the the 2016 primary.
0: mm -hmm. Well, uh, I we've surfaced all the right uh, answers uh, ultimately i think it is gonna be donald trump unless something catastrophic ha- happens which you never know it's always possible he might decide not he wants to run again and then all bets are off but i think you're right the and if there's not if it's not um donald trump then it's going to be mike pence um on the other side of the uh, aisle um I think it's going to be better or worse, And I say that because I think that Warren and Sanders are going to knock each other out. I think Biden's way too old. And I think the Democrats want someone younger who sounds a little bit Hispanic, but is actually not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's my my prediction. Um, Thank you for joining the Fury Theory Podcast brought to you by EFB Advocacy. EFB means
1: excellent for business. Yeah, baby.